Hey, I'm Zach, and one day I'm going to make movies, but right now I'm young, dumb, and not nearly as good-looking as my co-hosts. So with the help of... I'm Matthew. I'm Rodrigo. I'm Steven. I'm going to learn what makes a movie great by watching all the classics I've skipped over. So pop the corn and turn your cell phone to silent, because it's time for a new episode of Zach on Film. In this week's episode of Zach on Film, will either be a laugh or a tear as we silently act out our discussion of the tramp taking little boy Jackie Coogan as his own in Charlie Chaplin's The Kid. Yeah, another silent movie. Uh, another yeah. <laughs> another uh, Charlie Chaplin movie as a silent movie. Yeah, this is great because I had to actually ask you um, towards the end of the week last week, because I, I, I searched The Kid on yeah. iTunes and I, I saw like a black and white movie, which I just assume, should have assumed mm-hmm. it was that movie because it's black and white. And I didn't write it because the I other movie is was about like Kevin Bruce, Costner Willis or Bruce Willis or something. I was like, and a little kid. I, did, I didn't go into it. I was just looking at movie posters. I was like, surely that's not what we're watching. Let me make sure. Yeah. 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 But nope. Charlie Chaplin, 1921. Was it 52, yep. 54 53 minutes, minutes long? Yeah. We, I watched the criterion collection one that's uh, up on iTunes. Yeah. That's what I watched. Is that yeah, what you guys too. watched? Um, I actually, I don't, uh, maybe probably that's probably the one that exists. The last yeah. time that it was kind of remastered was in 71 when they re-recorded the entire soundtrack again under Charlie Chaplin's direction. Mm-hmm. Um, but that was uh, when he was still alive. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. He, uh, came back to the United States in 72 to receive an honorary Academy award. And that's when he and Jackie, uh, uh, Coogan got back together mm-hmm. and, uh, yeah, there's a lot to talk about, Zach. Where do you want to start? Why don't you tell us what The Kid is about? Um, so, yeah, let's just start with the movie. The Kid uh, is about a tiny little baby that gets left in a fancy car by, uh, by a mother who does not want to take care of the child by herself. Yeah. yeah. Uh, the car gets stolen. Uh, the thieves find the baby, put on the side of the road. Along walks the tramp, Charlie Chaplin. Uh, does not want to take responsibility of the baby. A lot of funny stuff. A lot of funny stuff. Doesn't put the baby down a sewer well. Keeps the baby <laughs> for himself. He thought about it. Yep, he, he did think about, about it. it. Uh, and then ends up raising this child by himself for five years. Mm-hmm. Uh, we jump five years into the future, and uh, the tramp and uh, this little tiny baby who he named John. Mm-hmm. In in another, great, in, in in another great, great, moment, great joke. Great, yeah. great moment. Uh, <laughs> uh, have a little nice business of he goes and breaks some windows. The tramp goes and fixes them. They have a nice life together. Uh, they cook pancakes and some stew. <laughs> How many tramp movies were there before this, Stephen? Do we know? Uh, yeah, I'm sure we could look it up. Um, um, this is Chaplin's first uh, feature length. This is the first feature length film, and but, I think only the second movie that he ever directed. Yeah. Okay. And he did, I, and he directed the crap out of this. I mean, there he oh made them God. like in some cases. I think the overall we've talked about shooting ratio before. Yeah, this is huge. Fifty three to one was the shooting yeah. ratio of this. So there are. This is a fifty three <laughs> minute movie. So take fifty three times fifty three, and that's how much raw footage was shot. Uh, yeah. in this in what, this flick. Yeah, I mean, we'll probably get this later. But um, I was reading about it, and it's like this this movie took nine months to shoot. Nine months to shoot. They shoot a two and a half hour movie now in like 60 days. Well, in fact, <laughs> uh, during the shooting of um, The Kid, yeah, Chaplin went off and directed another, went and directed and starred in another yeah. movie, Yeah, came back in like a week 
and picked right back up right. with the kid. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And that, that gets into a lot more of the story of the film. So anyways, uh, they're living together, fun, fine, fine. Um, the kid falls ill. Doctor reports uh, that this child is an orphan to the authorities. The authority orphanage people come take away, the, try to take away the kid. And um, blah, 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 yeah. blah. Funny, funny, sad, sad, funny, funny, sad. Uh, the mom figures out John is hers, who uh, has now become a famous singer and is uh, giving back to the little poor kids in the neighborhood. Mm-hmm. Uh, they get reunited. Um, the, the tramp goes to heaven. <laughs> he comes back Briefly. all as well. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I so thought he died. Because Charlie Chaplin it, died? I, I thought in this movie that when the tramp came back home, his boy was gone, he lay down in that door frame. I thought he died, and that was his heaven because he woke up in heaven. It's it looks just like the street that he lives on, the crummy little street, but now it's all, you know, covered with, with yeah, pretty flowers. And then the boy shows up with the wings, and I'm like, okay, this is his heaven. This is his afterlife. And Charlie Chaplin has just killed the character. Oh man, that was heartbreaking. And then of course they flew around and did a lot of slapstick in heaven. And then it turns out it was just a dream, a horrible dream. This may be the first film to use a dream sequence. No. Yeah, definitely. I no. thought I just that's a that's a fact that I just made up. <laughs> well, I'll agree with you there. Uh so going back to uh where does this fall? Uh Chaplin has seventy two movies that he directed. Good Lord. This one fell in the latter fifth. So he directed a lot of movies before this one. This was his first feature length one. The rest of them were like shorts, tiny little things yeah. smashed up and shown all together on a yeah. Saturday. Yeah. Well, like, it's what like we're doing a here. one reeler. This oh. is like a, what is this? A three reeler. I think, I think, I think each reel was six. six reeler. Okay. So yeah. each reel is 10 minutes long, roughly yeah, yeah. an hour. So there you go. Yeah. This so, is, I mean, so he was pumping. So this is in the last fifth of movies he did. Yes. And he did 70 something. So as a director. Yeah, as a director. Right. 72 so he movies. he was pumping out stuff like crazy mm-hmm. for, I mean. Well, I mean, if you're doing talking, 10 minutes. Talking, we watched. Um, um, Modern Times. That came out after no, no, this no, no, one. No, 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 no. Yeah, we did watch that. But we watched uh, crazy racist Civil War movie. Right. Birth uh, of a Nation. Yeah. What was it? Birth of a Nation. Birth of a Nation. Of a nation. That was, what, early 19? Like 1919, 19, something like that. Yeah. And I mean, we're talking... Like, film hasn't been around that long in 1920. <laughs> no. Not that long. Like, less time from the first Star Wars to now is how yeah. long film has been out, and he's pumping yeah, out that his much. His first movie is a short, uncredited Kit, Kid Auto Races, races at Venice uh, was him as, uh, as a writer, and that was in 1914. As a director, his first movie was 20 Minutes of Love uh, in 1914. His first um, acting was do 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 wow uh, making a living where he played a swindler in 1914. So between 1914 yeah. and 1921, he was busy. Wow. Yeah, the tramp character apparently started in in Kid Auto Races at Venice in 14. So yeah. this is seven years into the whole tramp oeuvre, if you will. Well, and this was you know pretty. Um, controversial a lot of people said oh don't do this movie don't don't yes. do this movie with the tramp because people know the tramp as you know funny and yeah, all this kind lucky. of stuff happy go lucky and he gets into the little slapstick stuff 
And now right. you're wanting to do something that's like super serious and looks at poverty and looks at, mm-hmm. you know, unwed mothers and makes commentary on, yeah, on which, society. Mm-hmm. Which was huge. I mean, that like that's that's the first thing that I thought I was like. Here's an unwed mother in a very mm-hmm. sympathetic light. Right. And it was very surprising yeah. to me because I kind of get the feeling that if this movie was done today, she wouldn't have had such a sympathetic light on her. No, 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 no. 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 Which is kind of amazing when you think about this again being 1921. Well, it was her cross to bear. Yeah. Well, yeah. And in, yeah. in 19... Ooh, metaphor. In 1921, though, you also think about when they're taking the kid away... You have to think about it. they're taking him away to an orphanage, which, you know, for all intents and purposes, is like a work farm for babies. Yep. That's terrifying. And that whole sequence, that beautiful sequence where the tramp is running across the rooftops to catch the truck to get his boy. I'm like, this is this is 1921 action flick. This yeah, is, the, yeah, this is the born identity. Yeah, it was. <laughs> yeah, exactly. This is the born identity, and he's he's trying to save his boy. I just you. Oh my god, well, that and I think, is heartbreaking. Well, too. and I think anybody as as a parent, yes. I, I think it really touches you when you know you're being you're trying to keep your kid. And granted, it's not his kid. It's just a note that says, "Please take care Please, of this kid, orphan boy." And um, this kid's being taken away from you, and Jackie Coogan's out there just bawling his head off, saying, my daddy, my daddy, please, I want my daddy. And Charlie Chaplin cannot do anything about it, and it's driven off, and it's just like, oh, my God, this is, you know, I would do the same thing. They beat him and held him down to take away his child. Yeah. Oh, my God. God, apparently, supposedly, Jackie Coogan's real father told him that if he couldn't cry in the movie, that Jackie Coogan would end up in a real workhouse orphanage. Well, and which, that's, that's how they got the well, little boy. Made, which makes sense because you see that kid and that kid is crying. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You see Jackie Coogan and he's not acting. Like yeah, Charlie Chaplin just, um, yes. he went to, I think, an audition or went to go do something. And um, Coogan's mother was there and she had brought Jackie along to... Um, to just hang out. He was four years old, didn't mm-hmm. have any place to go. And he could mimic everything that Charlie Chaplin did. And Chaplin was like, this is, this is my kid. Right. And so yeah. we get this idea of a, a kid co-star in this movie. And this movie rocketed him to, to stardom. I mean, he was the toast of the town, princes of India and Queens of Europe all wanted to meet him. And he was super well-known was he also what into the uh, little rascals, um, oh. you know, just a super well-known kid actor until about the age of 13 mm-hmm. and then, uh, whatever happens, puberty or something happens. Um, but then he just kind of drops out of everything. Turns out his parents <laughs> were f- screwing around with his money. And when he got out of acting at the age of 13, he was penniless. Baroque broke and it wasn't until the 1970s when he started to come around uh when he was uh he played uh, uh perry white uncle fester oh uncle fester no yeah jackie yeah. coogan grew up to be uncle fester oh, okay the- well there you go um but one of the things that came about of this was this idea of coogan's law he helped uh change these things that parents don't have complete control over the finances of kid actors and mm-hmm. that the money has to be gone gone into something that will benefit the child uh, later in life when they turn 21. So that's the thing that uh, that you want to uh, keep in mind out of all this tragedy. You know, it's yeah. weird. I, I did some minor reading about Coogan's Law. Yeah. And uh, it's only required 
in a, like three or four states, like California, New York, uh, because those like are the Louisiana, the... I think like Nevada or New Mexico or something. Like those are the New only Mexico, states, yeah. yeah, that require the Coogan law because those are more than likely the states where you're going to find unions. Yeah, number one, mm-hmm. and where SAG after would have any kind of reach because Kansas is a right to work state. So it wouldn't apply here, but California and New York are unionized states mm-hmm. um, that have very specific child labor laws when it comes to movies. But then again, you don't see a lot of movies being done here in well, Kansas. Well, no. furthermore, um, I, did Coogan's law eventually mutate into something else? Um, it, it's still it's, called it's still Coogan's that law. it's been overhauled because they yeah. said there were like weird loopholes and crap right, in it right. when it first came out. So and I think it just got recently updated. So is it is it just that Coogan's Law only applied to four states, but then like the revamped version has been taken? No, it's other, oh, okay. No, yeah, as of currently, today, yeah, 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 yeah. It's okay. only those states. Yeah, yeah. It's an it's an, it's an interesting uh, yeah uh, idea, kind of a, a good one because good lord. Yeah, but kind of no, a I mean, terrible context to put this movie in. I mean, he's he's this childless, poor little abandoned boy who is actually played by some kid who's actually going to end up being a poor abandoned boy. <laughs> yeah. Well, and so, yeah, I mean, uh, Coogan does an excellent performance here. Just fantastic. That, he is a super talented kid. Um, uh, what I really enjoy about this is um, the, the tramp kind of has a life when the baby shows up and we have the, you know, the, the cute little set piece where he makes the little thing and he hangs the boy up and he's got him, he's able to drink out of the teapot because he doesn't have a bottle. The, just the cleverness and the set pieces and the way this whole thing is constructed, you know, the stairs up to the teeny tiny attic apartment, the way the whole thing is put together is just amazing. I don't think of, 1921 is having really clever props and set pieces like this. And this is really fascinating to, to watch the way the film is constructed. Well, but definitely, you know, by the time we get to modern times, this has been um, taken to the extreme, right? Oh, yeah. 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 I was just going back into the specifics of Coogan's Law. Uh, it requires that a child actor's employer set aside 15% of the earnings to be put into a trust called the Coogan yep. account until, uh, and also put into things like schooling, work hours, and time off mm-hmm. in that as well. Um, beyond Coogan's uh, great performance here, uh, Charlie Chaplin also brings in a, a sure. fantastic performance as well. Yeah. A couple of things, and, and we're kind of see this when we get to Citizen Kane towards the end. Um, there's a lot of this movie that is just like ripped right out of Charlie Chaplin's um, life. Essentially, uh, he grew up poor, in London, destitute, basically doing kind of the same things that he and his uh, son were doing in this movie, although it was him and his mother. Uh, he was actually taken away from his mother um, at one point, so that's very poignant in that scene uh, at the end. Um, just a few days before shooting of this movie began, um, Charlie Chaplin actually lost his son. His son died. Uh, oh. The son was, son was had mm-hmm. some birth defects and died just a few days after birth. But from the accounts, it did affect uh, Chaplin quite a bit yeah. as he went into this movie. It was really interesting. I mean, it, it really ties back into, I mean, the the death and the tragedy aspect. They said that he was, like, having a creative block right. before uh, his 
the death of his son, his infant son, uh, and then was it like two weeks later or something? Wrote this and they started going at it yeah. because I guess that unlocked something inside of him. And I don't know the whole story, but apparently, at, at also at the same time, Hina's wife mm-hmm. who he married young and divorcing, they just yeah. didn't get along. They started going through a divorce and they got really scared that she was yeah. going to try to. It's really interesting. Nap put this film as in part of the assets of the divorce. And so, like, in the middle of the night, they yeah. smuggled the film out of the state of California <laughs> and went to go edit it in Utah and yeah, then also Utah, in New York. in New York, yeah. At an undisclosed So video. awesome. It's just really crazy. <laughs> but, yeah, not only did it take a long time to shoot, but it also took a long time to edit because they were shipping it around, trying to keep it out of uh, the, court, the court system to be wrangled up in this mm-hmm. uh, divorce case. Mm-hmm. Chaplin later went on to marry the flirty angel, angel girl, um, who really? was in the heaven sequence. Oh, no wow. way. Did he? That's yeah. funny. That's funny. Yeah. Or somewhat telling. I don't know. Um, a <laughs> uh, little, little, bit, uh, little bit of column A, a little bit of column B, maybe? So I think really the thing to get out of this movie beyond just, you know, it's Charlie Chaplin and Coogan's Law and those kind of things, but um, that you can take personal tragedy, whatever it is, and tell it and mm-hmm. turn it into a compelling story. Sure. Well, I mean, he's combining a lot of uh, the old adage of do what you know, yeah. little stuff from right his child, you know. childhood, um, bring in some recent stuff, film for uh, a billion hours. Well, and yeah. and for, uh, for creative types, um, creating can be therapeutic, mm-hmm. right? I mean, we've, you know, the, the Divine Comedy... Was written because somebody dumped Dante, right? And it's a divine <laughs> comedy. So you know, this is is a sort of thing where like you can work through some stuff through your work, mm-hmm. especially yeah. if you're an artist. I mean that, uh, and if you have you know like Chaplin did, this was pretty much free reign to do whatever he wanted. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I can't remember if this movie came out. Uh, maybe Zach can look it up. I don't remember if this movie came out as part of the United Artists uh, thing because. At one point, um, Charlie Chaplin got fed up with the studio system uh, or working for the studios, and he and um, crap it now I forgot um, Mary Pickford, Mary Pickford, and the swashbuckler guy Errol Flynn uh, all teamed up to form United Artists. And Douglas Fairbanks, Douglas Fairbanks is who I'm thinking, not Errol Flynn, and and, and e. Griffith. Griffith. Yeah, yeah. Um, was that was to- in 1919. So yeah, yeah. So it would have been just before this. Uh, movie came out. Um, so, you know, there would have been some brew, you know, some, certainly some people taking interest in this film and the success mm-hmm. of this film and whether it would, uh, would come to light or not. Um, certainly things that could go wrong for United artists in the early years would be big for the studio system. So it was great that this movie, when it came out, um, was a huge success. Yeah. Oh yeah. yeah. Incredible. Especially because how much of the studio didn't want it to happen. Yeah. Or like thought it would be a horrible, horrible thing, but uh, so important of not just straight comedy, but mixing the elements of tragedy and comedy mm-hmm. to bring out greater aspects of both. Mm-hmm. So, what did you pick up from this movie? Um, early wire work. 
Yeah. Yeah. No, that was awesome. And made me like, wait, where are the wires? And then you realize once you finally like start looking, I'm like, well, so like they're on the tips of the wings, right? Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Ch- yeah that was really interesting. Bowlers Those were sparks. awesome. My favorite part is when like a dog flies in, <laughs> like this little puppy <laughs> flies in, yeah. and they like yeah. pet it and then flies back out. Yeah. For no reason at all. <laughs> yeah. I think it's, it's also such a great funny moment. It's also really kind of interesting, even though uh, the exterior stuff was all shot down on. Um, an area of Los Angeles before it turned into like they, they rethemed it into like a Mexican uh, tourist trap area. Mm-hmm. Um, before that time, that's where they kind of had this London S kind of looking right. uh, landscape. But there are times when you're looking at some of these sets and you're like, Oh yeah, you can tell that the, uh, the skylight is open and the sunlight's just pouring in mm-hmm. uh, to light these, to light these scenes. Yeah. And yeah. I if mean, you, if you go, you know, five feet one way, you'd probably run into oh, another yeah. set of another movie being, filmed. there was, I was looking up stuff for this movie, and someone uh, has a really detailed thing of like plotting out all the places they were filming this in like oh, yeah. L.A. and like tells you and like lines up old like pictures of presidents, while like oh, the cool. sets and stuff, and shows you uh, like, well, this has been the 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 uh, the original Chinatown in like 1980 until they destroyed it, and then put like the Pacific uh, Railroad or something. It is oh, really interesting. interesting. Yeah, it was really cool. Uh, this this film was really interesting. Um, one one thing that was really strange to me, especially learning that you have a shooting ratio of fifty three to one, so yeah. it's just like film after just unheard of film to go through this. And I and I'm gonna probably just chalk this up to it was nineteen twenty one, and now I'm watching in two thousand and fourteen on a digital conversion that's lasted uh nearly a century. Uh, uh there's like weird jump cuts yeah, yeah, in yeah. parts of it. Uh, but they almost they weren't as weird as some jump cuts that we've seen either in old films mm-hmm. or like 30s and 40s films where they just didn't get their editing right on the action or something. Yeah, it's like they were intentional jump yeah, cuts. It, yeah, which <laughs> was felt it felt like uh when you watch like YouTube vloggers chop up uh like a uh, like a just a interview yeah, themselves their conversation it, yeah. it felt yeah. natural except that's not generally what you do in film well it was and, really interesting i mean i think i think you covered this uh you know people had been making films like as a you know as studios and professionally people had been making films for seven 20, years yeah, yeah, yeah like, no, like not even, not even 20 yeah. years right yeah so back then they hadn't established the language that a jump cut right doesn't work uh-huh and like very early on, like there's this, th- there's a shot when they're shooting the sky and there's like this cloud moving through and then there's a jump cut and then the scene ends. And like, again, mm-hmm. without, to our modern sensibilities, I'm like, why didn't you just cut at the cut? You know, why did <laughs> yeah. you, why did yeah, you yeah. throw uh-huh. in a half a second of more cloud? That yeah. is a terrible jump cut. Mm-hmm. It's just because back then people were used to jump cuts well, or, or there just wasn't anything saying that they were bad. So yeah. this was 53 minutes, which is an odd length. It should have probably run right mm-hmm. at 60 minutes. My guess is that there's some footage that has been lost over time because one of the sad things that happens to film, um, mm-hmm. especially films from the 1920s shot on the nitrates, is that they deteriorate rapidly um, and just being exposed to the air can cause them to catch fire. I mean, the the uh, you hear stories of going into the old archives and opening up some of these old uh, film canisters and just the sudden exposure of oxygen causes oh. them to combust and ignite. 
And well, not, at all, not at all because the artist sold their soul to the devil. <laughs> well, that to, could be it, too. They're trying to um, kill so I'm Hitler wondering if some in some plot. of these cases, because there was one part where in one shot there's just a big question mark in the uh, yeah. version that I watched. Did you see that? Yeah, it's like in one of the windows. It's like one shot, there's yeah. just a big question mark filling the entire frame, and it's like there's something that's missing uh-huh. there in that in that sequence. So I'm wondering if part of the rebuilding of this and restructuring it is trying to gather together the available film that they had and that could have caused some of these yeah that question mark i was like okay so they're gonna do something with that question mark and i was like Mm. nope nope yeah i think Mm. it was just missing footage or something i have no idea yeah and um yeah going back to you like they haven't really established a film language yet uh they don't use title cards very often in this but there's some instances when they do is you have a shot and then you get two frames in the next shot, then title card, yeah, yeah. and then you go back to that two frames. It's like, that doesn't even, that doesn't make any sense. Why would you do that? Right. They're physically <laughs> cutting film, man. I know. But that may be the reason why doing, that jump well, cut again, was there, too. He need to have the film in order to transition into that next piece of film. I don't know. Yeah, it's, that's that's part of it. Yeah. And and the other thing is, is you know, here's, here's your Charlie Chaplin is like, I want this scene is like, this scene seems too short. Right. Yeah. And it's like, so I'm just going to re add this footage, like tack on this footage at the end. And then that will give it the gravity at once. And again, to us, it just looks like such a horrible cheat. Yeah. But or maybe then, it was like, could have been, Oh geez, guys, it's my wife's lawyers. Quick pack up. Let's go and run, they rush off to run. New York. And then it's like, where were we? I don't know. Let's just con- continue on where we left off. I doubt I that. I can't no, with that. With a 53 to 1 ratio, yeah. I doubt he would have been like, meh, just throw in whatever. He probably was under a lot of pressure. I, I, I would like to go back and watch that Chaplin movie with uh, Robert Downey Jr. Because somewhere <laughs> in there, this is, the kid is part of that oh, story. Really? Yeah. I do know that from this, I learned, uh, one, watch the movie, that Chaplin is one of the funniest people to have ever lived. Oh, yeah. He's oh. just unreal. Uh Watching it reminded reminded me of oh hold on I had names pulled up it was like his facial reactions oh my like, god oh you They're can see those all over the place with people now uh, Martin Short yeah, came yeah. to mind yeah. and then um oh crap I forgot his name I just had it up oh nope not him what is he in uh Corky Romano oh Chris Catan <laughs> Chris Catan reminded yeah. me of him too I don't know why but that one really no. came, but yeah I can, his stuff I can definitely see that. Uh, it's so funny. Maybe we talked about this. Have you watched The Artist? Yeah. Okay. We watched it for this. For the we watched it for this. The podcast. Oh, okay, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right. Yeah. So, yeah, really good stuff. Uh, again, the- shooting locations for this movie, those lined up. There's a thing they shot, uh, and this was something that was also uh, referenced in The Artist. Nice. Cool. Yeah, it's really weird. Excellent. Uh, second uh, thing that I really picked up from this, just from reading about this, is that Charlie Chaplin is really interesting. And holy crap! I just gotta read more about this you, dude. Yeah, there is a there is a definitive <laughs> there is a definitive Chaplin biography. Yeah, but I mean to see a more salacious if you don't want to sit down and read five thousand pages, uh, there is that Robert Downey Jr. movie uh, called Chaplin mm. that is okay that you might want to go mm, check it's out. It's got a really cool opening sequence in that um, starts out in black and white, and Chaplin is sitting down and he's taking off his makeup. Oh, or dude. maybe it's maybe it's supposed to be filmed in reverse of Chaplin putting on his makeup, but as he's taking it off, the movie goes from black and white to color as oh. he's taking off all the face paint and everything. So Interesting. It's Interesting. a really cool int- opening sequence. I don't remember much else beyond that, except I think there was a issue with Fatty Arbuckle in that movie, too. 
Yeah. Well, yeah. There were some I issues with recommend- Yeah, there was. <laughs> so uh, we we were talking earlier that we didn't want this podcast to be longer than the actual film. Did we do it? I I no. Not, oh, not good. Quite. Okay, good. Yeah. We're right. about halfway there. Though. <laughs> so uh, what you learned? Oh, you already talked yeah, about we, what you learned. Yeah. Did your wife watched this with you. She watched. Yeah, she watched most of it with me. Um, I think. I think she might have actually enjoyed this one. Actually, oh no, great anecdote. Uh, I said, hey, I got to watch a movie tonight for the podcast. She's like, what do you got to watch? I'm like, oh, I'm watching the kid. Uh, she's like, oh, I love Bruce Willis. <laughs> uh, I said, it's, it's an old, it's a Charlie Chaplin movie. She said, oh, so it's silent. I go, oh my God, you know that. I love you so much. I was so proud. They were silent I was films. so proud. She just knew it. Good. That was great. And so she sat down and watched it with you. Uh, yeah, she watched most of it with me. Yeah, good. She, yeah. good, good, good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right, Zach, wrap us up. Is that it? Yep. Okay, that's it for this episode of Zach on Film. Head over and find this podcast posting page and give any of your thoughts on our discussion of the kid or any of your own thoughts after watching this Charlie Chaplin joint. Uh, click on the Amazon.com link while you're there at Majorspoilers.com. Do all your shopping. Maybe buy a couple Chaplin movies or buy a Blu-ray player or anything else. Holidays are coming up. Do all your shopping Amazon. It's not going to cost you any extra, but a little bit will come back to Major Spoilers and help keep this boat afloat. So that's it for this week. Next week, we'll be talking Ben-Hur as we wind down Zach on film. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill.